Grace and peace to you from God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. I have, I'd say, an internet acquaintance. Somebody I knew in college um, through a few different groups and who now I follow on Twitter. Who shares pretty much all of his life on Twitter. Um, If he has a thought, on to Twitter it goes. So even though he and I haven't spoken personally in some years, I know a lot about how he thinks, what he cares about, what he values, and what he does with his time, because he tells the internet. That's fine. If that's the way you choose to engage with the internet, that's a perfectly fine choice. But I notice in his sharing what he thinks, what he cares about, he focuses a lot on money, on investments, and on how things affect him personally. Certainly, all of us who live in the world have to focus somewhat on our money, on our investments, on our own selves, because we live in a world. We have jobs, we have to pay our taxes, all those sorts of things. But this internet acquaintance of mine, he will scour benefits um, readouts and credit cards and sales to spend every little, as little as possible on any one thing. He will focus on being able to stack deals together to buy something he may not even need because it is on sale. He will spend his time in lines to get something for free that he could just as easily buy for himself because for him, a free thing is a benefit to him that's well worth his time. Again, I know all of this because he shares it online, and he's proud of it. He's proud of using all of the credit cards he has in order to get the best credit card perks. He's proud of getting things for free or cheap, and will in fact tell the whole world how much they cost and how much he saved. For him, paying attention to how things affect his bottom line is a big part of who he is. It's a big part of how he sees the world and how he engages with it. Now, he's not a congregant of mine, he's not even a Christian, so this sermon isn't for him. He can spend his life the way he wants. And he may be at an extreme end of things, always focused on what is in it for him, even when it comes to political policies, to decisions made by those around him. But we all have this temptation to look at our interactions, to look at our decisions or the decisions of those around us and say, what's in it for me? What do I get out of this? Certainly, we all are... um, We all have to take care of ourselves to keep ourselves from burning out, from overdoing it, from causing harm to ourselves. But when we take this to an extreme, when we only act in ways that will benefit us, when we only focus on our own material and financial success, we have a tendency to turn towards idolatry, a tendency to turn our financial success or our material success into something we chase down to the exclusion of all others. 
we have a tendency to focus on the bottom line and to focus only on those tangible, easy-to-measure things to say that we are doing okay, to say that this is worth our time, our energy, or our resources. It's a natural human way of being. It has been this way from the very beginning of time. People are tempted to be selfish. People are tempted to look out only for their interest and not the interest of others. People are tempted to make an idol out of money, power, success, even their own egos. But then we read the words of Jesus who teaches us a surprisingly different view of the kingdom. As he gathers at a meal with those who are well off, teachers, leaders in their communities, he notices how everybody is jostling for a good place. He notices how people are using this opportunity of community to instead be an opportunity of showing their importance, their success, the fact that they are doing well. When Jesus speaks about inviting people in hopes of receiving something in return, I remember reading Jane Austen books and the important delicate dance of a visit and a return visit and all of the social niceties that went with that in that era and how complicated and difficult it was. All of a sudden, a meal shared together or a time spent with a friend is no longer about community, is no longer about fellowship, about being in relationship with one another. It's about how do I best show off myself. Jesus says in the kingdom of God, we measure things very differently. He says, when you are inviting people over, don't send your invitations based on what you can get out of your guests. Send your invitations based on who needs a meal, who needs fellowship and community and a place where they feel welcome. He says, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind. Nowadays, people who have disabilities can still have a great place in society as we build a more accessible world for them. But in Jesus' time, the crippled and the lame and the blind would also be the beggars, maybe the homeless, the people who had nothing to give, the people who could not invite you to their home because they had no home to invite you to. Jesus is telling his disciples, don't measure your success by the amount of money in your purse, by your place of importance at the table, by how many good people are willing to come to your house when you invite them. Instead, measure your success by your welcome. Measure your success by the much more intangible feelings of community, of fellowship, of meals shared, and of relationships made. Measure your success in the kingdom by how many people gather with you, not so that you can have a better place, 
but so that everybody will have enough. This is the Christ we are called to follow. This is the way that Jesus asks us to live, not paying attention to worldly measures of success, but paying attention to the, to the measures of success in the kingdom of God. This last week, I had a long conversation with a person who was reviewing a grant application I filed for this church, a hunger grant. If we receive this grant, we will receive money that will help us fund our feeding ministries, our food pantry, our um, community breakfasts, which eggs are getting expensive, so that's actually helpful, our meals that we give out when anybody comes by during the week asking for a lunch, all of the ways that we feed our neighbors. And this person, she told me, when it comes to grants, the world of grants, numbers matter, which is kind of a shame. Now I have to pay attention to how many meals do we give out each week, how many people do we feed each Saturday. But while those numbers matter to prove that we really would use this money for good, the thing that makes me most happy when we serve a meal, the thing that fills my heart and tells, tells me that we are the church, are the fact that people come and eat and feel welcomed even in their differences. One woman came to have a meal yesterday who was talking with a stuffed animal she carried with her. I don't know her story well, but I know she's not normal in the way we would measure normal. But she had some eggs and biscuits and gravy and went up for seconds and was happy and full when she left us. And that is what I would call a success. People came who know us well, people whose names I am learning as they come to eat and filled their belly with maybe the only full meal they would receive that day. And people come who just want to community, who want to sit and have breakfast with other people so they aren't so alone. And that's just one little thing that this church does. We are called to measure our success not by the standards of the world, not by the bottom line or our budgets or our um, numbers that would make us look good to others. We are called to measure success by the kingdom. We are called to measure success by our welcome. People who have come to visit, people who have had to leave for other opportunities, they have told me that there is something special about this church. There is something special about this community that makes them feel welcome. It's hard to name and talk about because it's intangible, but it is a spark of love, a spark of grace, a spark of welcome even for the different and strange. You've heard me talk this past summer about my own journey in discovering I have ADHD, in discovering my brain is simply wired differently than most people's. 
I'm still learning a lot about what that means, but it means I'm different. It means I interact differently. It means I'm terrible with names, even as a pastor, something I've joked about before. But yet, with my differences, I am welcome here in this space and even lifted up as a leader to speak. Not because I'm the most successful or the most typical, but because God has given me grace and shared it with all of us. We are followers of this Christ. The Christ who says, do not seek the best seat at the table. Do not spend your life focusing on money, on success as the world calls it. Do not worry so much about those measures of success when instead you can focus on God's great grace, God's welcome and love. God does not promise that we will be rich, that everything will be easy for us, that we will have money pour in if we do this. That's not Jesus' promise because it's not Jesus' focus. But I know, because I have seen it and felt it, that when we spend our time in welcome, when we spend our time in love, when we invite the strange, the homeless, the lonely, the different, that that love and grace grows and grows into something much better. We will all have our times and places where we are rejected, where we feel other, where we feel left out or alone. But here at Christ's table, here in this community, the kingdom of God, we will always have a place at the table. Here in this community, there will always be welcome. It can be hard sometimes when the world asks us to measure our success with numbers, with amounts. It can be so easy to focus on those things and lose sight of what God calls us to seek. But throughout scripture and throughout the words of Christ, he shows us what the kingdom is. The kingdom is a place where everyone has a place at the table. The kingdom is a place where everybody feels they are loved by God exactly as they are. The kingdom is a place where when we are overwhelmed with the troubles of the world, with pain, grief, and loss, we will be welcomed and loved, and we will be told that there is hope even in the darkest times, and shown what that hope looks like. We are so blessed, not in ways the world can measure, but we are blessed by God's grace, by God's love, and by God's welcome every day we gather. Amen.